man. Hey, uh, so I just opened the room now, so let's uh, wait for a few people to show up. Yep, sounds good. <laughs> you see this guy? I know yeah. this guy. He's first listener. Ah. He's, he's, obs- he's obsessed with me. Let's, let's <laughs> invite him. Let's invite him to let's ask him a question. Here, come speak. Hey, so do you like? Do you even like Better Call Saul, or are you just joining me for the company? Well, you, you, you just sent me a link. Anyway, I, I only have you as my picture because I joined this because you were the person who told me about this app. So I thought that almost all of my activity on the app would be in Richard rooms. So I just decided. well, you used to you used to love Clubhouse, didn't you? So you can uh, well, this is the same thing except it's records. Oh, it records. Oh, that's it's, bad. It's a podcast. I sent you an email. I um I sent you an email. You should check the email. Uh okay. I see the I see the email. I will uh, get to it in due course. Do you, do you so do you like the show or are you just joining us for uh uh you're just joining us for fun? Wait, which Saul is this? This is not the um this is not the other Saul, right? Is this the Misha no. Saul guy? The, uh, that, is it that Saul guy? No, this is a TV show. You don't know what's going on. All right, I'm kicking you out of the uh, speaker show. Okay, Sorry. Yeah. Okay. All right. I think we could begin, uh, Chris. So, how are you, man? Doing good. How about you? I'm doing good. How was? Um, so, what did you think about this week's uh, episode? Honestly, it was a little slow. Uh, you know. Yeah. Why, why, why they, do you say they, that? They kept talking about D-Day, right? And it's like, finally, finally, yes. D-Day's here. We're going to see the big plot come off. And, and and I was like, okay, good. There's 10 minutes left in the episode. That's just enough time left for them to actually show us something big. And then they, they didn't show us the big thing. They're like, next week. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, when people, like, that's people's number one complaint when they say they don't like the show, um, you know, completely, you know, they don't like the show as a whole, the whole, uh, the whole, uh, series. And I, I, I guess, I guess maybe like this episode was what they would see if they, um, you know, I, I guess this is what they, you know, what they see all the time. Where me and you, it, it travels, it's good. It's usually not this slow. I mean, it's, it's, they're really stretching out this, uh, this final season. Um, but the final season is going to, I mean, I think we're going to, I think it's going to pick up. I think so. You're going to get this mid season, f- uh, finale. So I looked, I looked up, um, like the, you know, the upcoming episodes. So there's going to be an episode next week and then there's going to be like a month and a half break. Uh, and yeah. then there's going to, it's going to come back in like July. So there's going to be, who knows, maybe that break is going to be the return. Uh, maybe that's going to be the post Saul world. That would make sense. So this could be, this we could be one episode of this D day, um, you know, is, is, it seems like it could be a very important thing. Um, it's going to basically be the break. And then we're going to have, you know, He's going to be Saul for a while, and then we're going to get, to, you know, he's going to go do Breaking Bad thing, and then we're going to see him many years later in uh, in Omaha or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so okay. yeah, I'm sure it's, it's going to pick up next week. Yeah, and there's not a lot of time for. L- I mean, this is why I think now Lalo is going to be in the post Breaking Bad world because there's not a lot of time for him to do stuff, right? 
Um, he's got one more episode. Yeah, he's, there's what, a lot of what do you mean? He, he's got like seven episodes left in this season. No, no, there's not a lot of time. Well, yes, but no, I'm saying he's going to go into the post Breaking Bad world because I were if, if this episode is going one more episode is going to be the uh, uh, is going to be the end of Better Call Saul, right? If you that's think it, so? Well, yeah, that's what I think because you have seven, you have seven episodes, so we have deed. It's that's what it seems like. That's what I just said. It seems like it's building up because it's like it's like you have um, this mid-season finale. You have uh, D Day, right? They're building it up. This is the day when like everything. Happens. It just seems like this would be a natural breaking point. Like how how many episodes are going to be the post uh, Breaking Bad world? I mean, is it going to be like one episode? Is it just going to be like one thing happens while he gets killed in Cinnabon? Like you know, there has to be. I think I think there's going to be a number of episodes in the Breaking Bad, uh, uh, you know, post-Breaking Bad, don't you think? Uh, I mean, yeah, probably probably we'll, we'll get at least a couple. Uh, I, I don't know if the entire second half of this season is going to take us to post-Breaking Bad world. That, that seems like a little too much to hope for. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. Okay. okay, yeah. So I think it was slow. And, um, so, yeah, nothing... Nothing happened much, I don't, but I mean, I think there it was some things for like this episode. Maybe not a lot happened, but it did really change my uh, it changed my views about uh, uh, Kim and um, uh, Jimmy a bit. I came to this is the episode I really came to dislike them as people. Like I really, I really, you know, they're just the the you know any kind of like you know sympathy you have for them is just completely gone at this point. They're like they're you know they're enjoying it and they're not they don't feel guilty about enjoying it anymore. They're just going they're like having a picnic at HHM and just getting really excited about this big thing that's going to happen, you know, on D Day. Um, and yeah, I mean, is there anything like good about them that's left at this point? Um, well, I don't know. I mean, we, we've talked a bit. They, they do nice things here and there, especially Ken. I mean, she, she like, you know, she, she defends her client admirably, spends like 50 hours working for minimum wage. Uh, but, you know, so I'm kind of curious, like, what is it about this episode that was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back for you when it came to approving of them? Uh, you know, it was, it was leading, it was leading there, but it was, it was really the picnic. I mean, just, just, you know, they're sitting out, they're sitting out there and they're like, you know, they're, they're not, they're not doing it anymore because, okay. So like, it's, you know, the really Kim goes evil, uh, in the last, uh, episode of last season or the last few episodes of last season, uh, when she is, um, uh, when, you know, when she's talking Jimmy into doing this whole, you know, this whole plot that they're doing now. Uh, and you know, so she's, and, and there, there's like a story they're telling themselves. that makes sense. Oh, the, you know, the clients are going to get their money before they die and this and that. Uh, and so, and then you have like an episode and then you have like her, she's still feeling guilty this season. You know, she's, you know, she's still like justifying, you know, she's trying to get Jimmy to talk to the, uh, to the, you know, the district attorney or whatever about, um, Lalo. Right. So she's still trying to like do some, do some good. Um, and then like, you know, the, the, you know, and, but like she's, and then, but here, right. She's just like sitting there and she's like, you know, she's just like indulging in it. Right. It's not just some greater good. She's like embracing that she's doing it for the thrill of doing it. Right. Um, and Jimmy is like, Jimmy has this aspect where he's like, he's like this too, where he, it's always targeted at, uh, uh, 
it's targeted at um, you know people who deserve it. I don't think Howard you know deserves it like we talked about before, um, but you know Jimmy's mind he does. But yeah, this is where she just becomes evil. Like she's just you know, in, you know she's just really enjoying it, um, and you know there's there's no more sort of moral ambiguity about in her mind about what's going on. So that you know that should make us judge her more harshly. Yeah, you you remember we were talking about that whole bad choice road thing. I, I think mm-hmm. the show got pretty literal with that at the end of this episode, yeah. where it shows him literally choosing to switch to the bad road from the good one. That's smart. So she was going to Santa Fe, and she was going to meet the uh, lieutenant governor, whoever this this foundation is. And uh, yeah, she's going back now, and she's yeah, she's go- yeah. I mean, she had a nice place to U-turn. That was very. Did you see? Th- think that was very convenient like there was like this like there was this dirt like on the media like a perfect place for her to u-turn at that exact moment yeah i mean it's, it's all the desert there, there's like nothing there. <laughs> okay. yeah but it seemed to open up at a suspiciously convenient time but okay yeah it's the desert it makes it makes sense uh yeah it's uh, yeah you're you're right so i it's yeah that is that is that is cool that that uh yeah because i think that's one of the trademark Right, that's what I think that like one of the like most important quotes of the entire uh, series. Right, it's like you know the the you're choosing which road you go down, and then it's gonna, uh, you know, and then yeah, and it's it's like it's like a psychological thing too. It's not even a um, it's not a thing where like you know there's a literal way to take that. It's like you get involved with a cartel, so then you cannot uh, break up with the cartel because they come after you. But it's like a psychological thing too. It's like you become a kind of person, and then like so Kim had a choice still. At that point, she could have right, kept going and forgot about the whole thing. And maybe Jimmy's looking for an excuse to get out of the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and Kim is, no, she's become a different kind of person now. And she really wants this to happen. So she turns around and she goes back. Yeah, yeah it's, it's her choice. And she had, she had a perfectly good option there. You know, a perfectly good option to, to pursue her good side and be the good lawyer and, and defend the weak and all that. And, and we see her rejecting that for, for this petty stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, it's not. It's not exactly. It's, it's well. It's petty, but it's. It's like you know they're going to make a lot of money, right? They're going to get uh, millions, a million dollar, one point seven million, I think, or something like that. Uh, Jimmy gets from uh, the settlement, so it's pet. It's yeah, not, not just even pet- now. I, I don't think that it's about the money, really, for Kim. Yeah, it's, I, I it's think about- that she really wants to screw Howard over for whatever reason. Yeah, she wants to screw. She wants the thrill of doing this. She's got a. Um, yeah. So the uh, what do you think? Their what is their plan? Have you did you put all the pieces? Do you know what their plan actually is? Uh, uh, yeah, I think I I've got a decent idea of what they're what they're thinking. So okay, they uh they they got this actor. Uh, they figured out what the the mediator looks like. They hired an actor uh, to look like the the mediator, and they staged some clips uh, of oh. And before this, they had Jimmy withdraw twenty k in cash. Yeah. Uh, probably knowing that he was being followed by Howard's PI. And then they, they have these pictures of him shaking hands, uh, with yeah. the guy who looks like the mediator. So I think that they're trying to, trying to give the impression to Howard that he's uncovered a plot, that they're trying to, to tell, to convince Howard yeah. that there's a plot where Jimmy is bribing the mediator in the Sandpiper case. And then, that we've got this angle with uh, Jimmy and Kim getting the drugs uh, from the vet. Uh, I think that they're planning to drug Howard so yeah. that he basically acts coked up and that we've got a yeah. coked up Howard in, in the Sandpiper meeting 
uh, accusing the mediator of being bribed by Jenny. Uh, accusing the media, but he, he, Howard is going to have the photos. Uh, because because Howard's PI is going to be snapping is going to have snapped those photos too. Uh, and then the mediator is going to get angry, but that uh, Howard's going to pull out the photos, right? And he's going to yeah. uh, he's going right? to pull out the photos. But right now the problem is that the mediator has a cast, and in the photos, the the actor who's playing the mediator doesn't have a cast. No, but then, but then if he has the photos and he shows it like at the hearing, right? Let's say it worked out as planned. Uh, he shows the photo, and then like you know, the guy goes, "That's not me." And then they put, they eventually figure out that it's like it's just it's just Jimmy or some plan. Like they figure out that there are photos, but those photos aren't real. Like if they're all like if he's presenting it to the mediator, and then like they're like, "Oh wait, it's Jimmy," and then he knows it's Jimmy, right? And then they figure they figure it out, right? Because the mediator will see the photos and he'll see somebody's trying to set him up, or will they think it's well they think it's Howard, but no, Jimmy's going to be in the photos too, right? Oh, uh, well, let's see. I, I mean, we, we only got a quick glimpse of the photos. Uh, so, so yeah, it, it's Jimmy. Jimmy is setting himself up to be or photos of himself bribing somebody. I mean, but and the mediator is going to know that it, no, nobody knows that it's a bribe. Like, it, it's just a photo of Jimmy shaking hands with a guy who looks like the mediator. So the, yeah, there's nothing the, illegal or shady about that from the mediator's point of view, right? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. he knows that it's not him. From his, from the mediator's point of view, it's just ah. Jimmy shaking hands with a guy who looks like him. Ah, so he thinks he's like Howard is crazy because yeah, he's it's just only Howard that, that'll think there's something shady with a bribe going on. But then, but then it's even oh, because so then Howard will figure it out because he will see him walking in with a cast. I I see, um, and then Howard will then they could just they could just abort at that point. Um, Okay, but then, okay, uh, so Jimmy will say, I just shook hands with, like, a guy, and you're following me, and you're, you know, there's nothing untoward there, uh, and the mediator says, Howard is crazy for thinking, okay, I get it now, I get it. Yeah, and um, Howard is going to be, his, he's going to be acting all coked up, coked his up, eyes yes. are going to be dilated. Yeah, I, I guess that, I guess that makes sense uh so mm -hmm. so um yeah so what so what do they do so what are they gonna do now they're gonna have to they're gonna have to figure something else out yeah i i I guess this depends in part on whether i've got the plot right wait doesn't 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 howard just assume that he broke his arm between the time Jim, he, uh, Jimmy bribed him and the moment. And, and is Howard going to, the first thing Howard going to do to just accuse the guy uh, during the hearing? It seems like there would be another way to, it seems like that wouldn't be the best strategy. It seems like you would do something else, right? You would go to whoever, I don't know who you'd tell, a prosecutor or something. Yeah, yeah. I guess they're they're relying in part on drugging Howard to get him to act <laughs> impulsively. Yeah, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I read a funny comment from some guy that was like, oh, the, the plot of the next episode is Jimmy spending 30 minutes to figure out how to Photoshop a cast onto the guy's arm. Yeah, that's fun. That's that's funny. Yeah, they they're, they could go back. They could reshoot. They could. Well, they can't reshoot it because so they have to believe they have to know 
we don't know if, at this point. We ourselves don't know that Howard has the video or, or the photo of it. Like Jimmy has a picture of him, uh, his own picture. So you have to assume if you're Jimmy, you have to assume that Howard is. You have to know he's following you. You have to assume the PI gets that photo. But the fo- you have to assume that the PI does not get such a good photo that it's clearly not the guy, right? Right. You have to. Yeah, you have to make mean, some they're, they're about trusting. It. They're trusting the, the the makeup and the mustache and trusting the angles, I guess. Yeah, but they're unless they're taking they're the ones taking the pictures. That's that's a lot to trust. I mean, unless Jimmy somehow knows like is in cahoots with Howard's PI, that would make more sense. Um, it's possible, but I, I don't know how we would have known who Howard's PI would be. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's true. But it's still. I mean, there's it sort of doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't fit. Like, yeah, I, I, if this is the plot, it bothers me a little bit. I mean. You know, I guess you could you could set it up where you meet the actor, and it's like, you know, it's I don't know, it's very hard. You've got to you've got to have confidence that they're going to get it in just the way that doesn't uh, give it away. Now, if, you know, he's just a fat guy. You know, PIs like they're black and white. Like, don't PIs have better technology now? Like, can't they have like something <laughs> at least as good as a camera phone? Yeah, you'd think. Well, this was uh, mid two thousands, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The technology, the technology was bad enough, so they'd be like in black and white, right? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I don't know if they'd even be back black and white back then. It seems like it would be. Do you agree with me that that's probably the the point of the twenty k, the twenty k cash to make Howard think that he's bribing the mediator? Yeah, yeah, I think that. Yeah, I think your your uh, your story makes sense. Yeah, he, he's getting uh, tw- he's getting twenty k, and he's um, he's bribing the mediator, and the mediator is going to be accused of being. Yeah, I you know that's like yeah that 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 it's not completely unproblematic, but it's the only it's the only thing that I can think of that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, so we'll we'll see. Uh, the so the um, okay, so that, I guess that's what's gonna that's what's gonna happen. And then Howard, you know, I, I, Howard. So Howard's interesting in this episode. We first, this is the first time we get in his home life. We don't have, you know, we don't have, um, you know, we we see him with his wife, uh, who he's like, I guess they're not getting along, and Howard wants to get along, and it seems like she doesn't, she doesn't, she's over him. Uh, yeah. And I, th- I thought it was so interesting. I mean, like, did, did you catch like uh, when ho- like Howard is such a neat freak? Did you see like how he makes coffee and he like cleans up like every drop after himself, and then like cleans the you know the coffee maker? And then like, did you catch the, did you catch where he gives his wife the coffee and she it like overflows and she spills a little bit, and he's like you know he's like clearly upset about this. Yeah, yeah, he, he was so meticulous about making that latte. Like while he was doing it, I was like, "Damn! What, like, what a douchebag! Like, who who spends so much time and, and care on it?" Are you? Did but, you uh, think it was a douchebag? I thought it was. I thought it was cool. I thought it was. Uh, I I I wish. I mean, I I am so unorganized. I admire people. I I like the feeling of a house being clean and things being clean, and I don't. But I don't have the um, inclination to actually, uh, you know, clean stuff um, that I admire. Uh, I admire that. I think it's really cool. And then he he even put this little uh, peace sign on it, which she entirely ignored. <laughs> I was wondering. <laughs> I thought that might be. I thought that might be an accident. I, I yeah, you're right. Look, I thought it was on purpose first, and then I thought it might be 
Like, is she a hippie or something? Like, why would it, why would the peace sign? No, I, I think the peace sign was supposed to be, you know, to symbolize that it, the, the latte was like a literal peace offering from him to her. Like, let's yeah, make it, peace. And, and then, and then he was trying to, he was trying to get her to, to basically yeah. stop and sip the latte so that she'd have an actual conversation with him. But she's just yeah. like dumps it in the, therm- the thermos and is like, thanks, I'm going to work. Yeah, that's very, that's very good. Yeah. So yeah, everything about the history and he's like, he's, he see hints that they should go to whatever the fundraiser or whatever she's talking about. They should go together. And she says, you know, I'll go. And yeah, he's still hanging on to this marriage and she is completely checked out. So yeah, she's like so, so checked out that she's not even angry at him over whatever it was that made them fall apart. Yeah, and so it reminds me of, you know, so Chuck went crazy because his wife left him. So it's funny that, like, both these guys, um, you know, are, are sort of emasculated in this way. They have these wives that leave them, and they're, like, you know, they're they're broken up over it. And Chuck is obviously much worse than uh, Howard is. But it's funny how this, you know, the same thing sort of happened to both of them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, hard-charging corporate lawyers. uh I guess they you you do hear about them going through a marriage or two. Yeah, right. But I but I think this is sort of this is this is the where you can say the Breaking Bad universe sort of glorifies crime because this doesn't happen to the cartel guys. <laughs> they know their wives. Huh? They, they've got good, stable home lives. Nice marriage. Oh, I mean, if the, no, if it ends, it ends on the terms of the men, right? I, I'm sure. It, I'm sure it does. Uh, or you know, they they go, they trade in for younger wives. They're not, you know, they're not uh, the ones who are hanging on to a marriage that their wives are leaving them and getting emotionally broken, broken up over it, right? Hmm. You know, I'm trying to think of what we actually know of the cartel guys, the, the, their love lives. And I don't think we know much. Well, we know Nacho like has those two girls that he just like, right, you know, right. that he's like these like these chicks he just sleeps with, and like you know, he seems to be living it up. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then um, yeah, no, nobody, but but uh, and then the other. I mean, you assume that their cartel. You assume that they. You assume that their wives are not pushing them around or ignoring them. You know, when they're making them coffee. I think I, I think I know enough to know that. Um, I, I'm not even sure we know any of them have wives. Yeah, we don't know what Hector has. We never heard about Hector's wife. We don't hear about Hector's kids. Like, uh, there's no, there, there are husband. no significant others in the lives of like, you know, Gus, Lalo, Hector, Don Eladio, Bolsa. We, we don't see anybody. Mm, yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess so. So it's like in the Sopranos, like it's like the mob, like they're all, each of them is married, right? They all have a wife, and they all have a uh, Gumar, and they all have, you know, they all cheat on their wives. But I guess these guys, I don't know if it's the same in cartel or cartel guys just stay single, or well, what? They're what it's married like. to the job? They're married to the job. <laughs> Are they just bachelors? They're, yeah. So yeah. So Nacho's the only one where he gets on, and he's got like two girls just you know living with him that he's uh, or hanging out his house or I don't know whatever that he's sleeping with. You're, you're right, but I mean whatever, whatever's going on with the cartels. Uh, we know that the life of the straight shooters, uh, the corporate men, Howard and uh, uh, Chuck, are miserable, and they're not miserable. In the, like they're, and, and their marriages are not stable. And you know, there's there's two ways for an older man's marriage to end, right? Like a successful corporate guy, it's like he can leave the wife or, for, and like trade down, like you know, like Trump, or like uh, you know, he can it could be a situation like this. And you know, they're they're on they're both uh, Howard and uh, Chuck are both on the you know the bad side of that. Um, 
And so, you know, is this like, you know, even if you don't compare it to like the cartel, you show like this, you know, the straight shooters, the people just living their normal lives. I mean, they're and, and doing the right thing. They're ending up, you know, sort of they're broken by their personal lives. And, I, you know, I wonder what that's saying. Hmm. Yeah, that, that's interesting. I mean, is there any anybody in both of the, sh- the shows who we just see like the good guy does the right thing and like has a nice family life? Mm, yeah, there's no. I mean, there's not a lot. So, you know, Hank until he dies. I mean, his wife, his marriage, his wife seems crazy, but she seems. Uh, I mean, he, 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 yeah, he's got a decent marriage at least up till the end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Let's let's see. I mean, how many people are you know just do do the right thing? I mean, that, there's there's not a you know and are just like you know are just uh, good you know good stand up citizens. I mean, Chuck and Howard are you know sort of unique because there's not a lot of people like that who are major uh, characters in the show, right? Yeah, yeah. It just I mean, doesn't I, show us. You know, it, it frequently just doesn't show us the home lives of, of these characters. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, but yeah, the fact that it does show us Howard, it doesn't have to do that. Um, I wasn't expecting us to get into Howard's home and his personal life, right? Uh, so you know, it, it's there for a reason. And I wonder. I mean, I is this like? Are we? Are we? Are we? Is he developing depth? Is he developing depth for him to be destroyed, or is he developing depth because there's something there's something there at the other end of it for him? I'd watch that, Howard's that's a spin-off. great question. Uh, I think maybe there is the it's a good question. Uh, why are they finally showing us Howard's home life? Why are they finally showing us his marital troubles? And I think maybe it's to kind of suggest that he's he's like desperate. Maybe it's to lay the groundwork for him to do some kind of desperate move coming up in the show. Mm-hmm. Because his life I is falling apart. To show apart. us that he's got nothing, basically. Yeah. So Jimmy is going to do something very bad to his professional life, you know, supposedly. And um, and so he's his home life. It's all gonna it's all gonna you know sort of coalesce into this terrible storm where he's destroyed or he overcomes. I mean, who knows? Can he at any point tell the law firm and all the people around, "I'll take a drug test and like you guys can supervise it, and I'll you know I'll show you the results." I mean, I'd, I'd imagine a- after this thing that's coming up, yeah, he'll probably be offering to take drug tests. And by that point, they will say no. You know, uh, here, here's kind of wh- where I think this plot might be going. Uh, uh-huh. Because remember part of it, part of it is that Kim tells Jimmy that she's figured out a way to do all of this without completely destroying Howard. Yeah, she says right, that I remember it that. Way, that. It's a way that'll embarrass Howard, but not destroy his career. Uh, yeah. So I think that in this plot that I've outlined, I think that it's just kind of meant to be a temporary thing to kind of convince Cliff to take over the negotiations from Howard and just get a deal done. And then Cliff is going to get the deal done. The Sandpiper case will be settled. Uh, they'll get their payday. And it's only in the aftermath where Howard will be taking drug tests. They'll be digging into the source of the pictures and all that. Well, and okay. And that, in, which case that, in which case that implicates Kim and Jimmy, doesn't it? Maybe not legally. Maybe there's not enough to, uh, proof of... Uh, something but uh, her you know kim's rep they figure out kim set up that uh that uh, uh cl- that lunch with clef right and so she her reputation yeah. is ruined isn't it 
I think it will be. And I think that we are actually seeing the groundwork for that. We're seeing Cliff in, in this last episode beginning to become suspicious of Kim. It's uh, when, when he asks her as they're sitting outside of the courtroom, Cliff asks her, hey, you know, what's your opinion of Howard? How did you leave things with him? And he, uh, he, he takes her at her word when she's like, oh, yeah, I'm grateful to Howard. But Cliff is at least beginning to suspect that something is wrong. See, I took I took that as maybe, uh, yeah, I took that as maybe not, you know, I took that as not he, he's fishing for information about Howard. He's not necessarily suspicious of Kim because he still seems like an idiot when it comes to Kim. He's still doing everything for her. He does, I, I didn't think he was suspicious of her. I thought he was just saying, you know, he was just an idiot. And he's like, you know, how is, you know, how, you know, how did you leave with Howard? He like, and then she, you know, she plays it well. She doesn't like play into it and say, you know, he's a, he's a drug addict. She says, oh, he's great. And just only says good things. And I think that reassures him about Kim because again, he's an idiot and she's good at manipulating him. Well, I think that Kim did play it well, but I yeah. think that Cliff, was kind of fishing at the beginning to see if she had any negative feelings toward Howard because he was remembering that that conversation where Howard is like, oh, uh, who were you having lunch with? And then the moment Cliff says, I was having lunch with Kim, Howard has an apparent epiphany and says, it's all about Jemmy. So I, I think that Cliff was kind of fishing uh, to see if, if Kim might have been uh, doing something sinister, but I think that she had a good response and she... she uh, she she dodged his suspicion that time for now mm-hmm. okay so but you know he's just cliff is cliff is going to get more and more suspicious i mean i mean very soon i mean the next day cliff is going to say like hey kim why didn't you go to this big uh this big thing i set up for you this job interview basically for this this thing you care about yeah so that's that's true he's he's going to yeah she's going to have to explain that that's right. Like, hey, hey but, Kim, you know, did, didn't you invite me to lunch? Didn't 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 you ask me for help on setting all this up? Why did you turn down the big opportunity that you basically led me to offer you? Yeah, but the, but still, the original plan before this casting happened was that he was um, that Kim's professional reputation was going to be ruined. I mean, was that their plan? I don't think so. I don't think that could be the plan. I, I'm not sure they really thought through. All that stuff. Oh, come on. They got to think through this stuff. I don't think they can't not think through it. Like they thought that thought through how to not hurt Howard that badly, badly, but hurt him enough, but then didn't think through like, you know, because that's part of the plan. It's like, it doesn't hurt Howard badly because they figure it out. I guess the plan is for, you know, everyone to figure it out, in which case they figure it out, which, which is like directly going to hurt them. Uh, I guess Jimmy so it doesn't matter. Be, Jimmy, Jimmy's already like, seen as a scumbag from the legal community, right? But it's Kim who's still supposed to be in good standing and doing all this great so stuff. We're kind of like work, work backwards from it. Like, I think that we can be pretty confident that they know that Howard is going to figure everything out by the end and that they just Howard will figure it out. Sure. Sure. Howard will figure it out. Yeah. And if, if Howard figures it out, he should be able to come up with a decent amount of evidence to show Cliff what's going on. You think so? Yes. So they should they should know that at some point Cliff is gonna is gonna know, know a rough idea of what happened. How, how about Kim? Yeah. So maybe okay. So this is an interesting thing because their interests are sort of a little bit different. So Jimmy is um, Jimmy is no longer doesn't doesn't need the respect of lawyers or anything. He's just got his he's an entrepreneur. He's got his own office hanging out with you know scumbag criminals and running his ads on TV, uh, and then. Um, Kim still, so maybe Kim 
you know, publicly like denounces Jimmy or something. I don't know. Somehow finds a way. Somehow finds a way to. Um, you know, I don't think their plan would be like they're gonna get a divorce. <laughs> like maybe they decided like they're gonna each get what they want by divorcing by like making you know making Jimmy the the scapegoat and put in, in public in the minds of uh, uh, attorneys, right? The legal community. I don't think they'll do that, but maybe there's some way for like them to at least publicly seem like they're against each other. You know, as far as their long-term plan goes for like Kim's reputation, I think from Kim's perspective, she's going to leave all of this with enough money for a lifetime. And she's going to just be doing her pro bono work as a lawyer. And she doesn't, she doesn't care what anybody thinks. But she needs to rely on, she's trying to get this thing from this big foundation, right? So she needs to rely on like, having and they have a connection and cliff is her connection there so she's got uh well, she, she didn't she didn't head into this ever thinking this foundation thing would be a possibility oh uh, yeah you're right you're right that, so i think she's just giving up on that now that's a that's a good well she was still going to go to the thing up until that very moment yeah. and yeah so that, that's that's a great that's a great point she didn't go into it thinking his foundation thing. So the original plan could have been to get that, you know, million, whatever it is. And then uh, she does her pro bono and she's also a free agent like Jimmy. She doesn't need the legal community. Yeah. She's going to have all the money she needs and she's basically working nearly for free anyway. So that's, she's just going to live off of her sandpiper money and, and and be a pro bono lawyer, basically like an informal public defender. Yeah, and I guess like yeah, and then you, you then the next question is why doesn't she um, uh, recalibrate once this info like this uh, um, this info comes in because the plan is still a, to wreck her re- now her her plan was to wreck her reputation with uh, uh, with uh, Cliff, um, you know that's you know and so um, maybe you know maybe they don't think about it because they're in too deep, but uh, maybe she thinks she'll. Char- she'll personally charm whoever the foundation is, right? And it'll be like her word against Cliff or something like that. Um, and maybe she thinks, you know, she can she can win. I don't know. Maybe. 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 By the way, uh, as for Kim's future, I think we saw something kind of interesting in this episode. Uh, uh-huh. We saw Cliff, uh, Kim was looking through the vet's black book, looking through the, his, his little bookmark. And she took note of the vacuum cleaner uh, business, the vacuum cleaner guy's business card. Uh, who's the vacuum cleaner? Is that something we somebody we've seen before? He's the guy that relocates everybody and gives them new identities. Oh, you've got a good eye. So that's the vacuum cleaner guy. Oh, I see. So, so it was pretty significant when 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 we saw Kim kind of looking at the vacuum cleaner relocator guy's card and like she was raising her eyebrows thinking like what's going on with this like in this you know this black book of shady contacts what is this vacuum cleaner's business card doing there yeah yeah that that's that's interesting so basically you know she's thinking she maybe now she's thinking we'll we'll run away together right that's maybe or i don't know she doesn't know he's a she doesn't know he's a guy who runs over she doesn't doesn't know know yet Yeah, she doesn't know anything like that. Yeah, right. Uh, okay, yeah, that's that's interesting. That seems like it, sh- it should be foreshadowing uh, something. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, the Lalo thing, you know, is funny because I was, uh, you know, I sort of hate, uh, one thing is the series 
shows get boring near the end is like you know what's going to happen like you know when Lalo comes after that German guy like the German guy's not going to kill Lalo right I was you really Lalo. rooting for the German guy that was what I was really rooting for Casper I think he is yeah. the German guy I, I wanted him to take Lalo down a peg yeah well he I mean what an idiot I mean he gets close to him and starts looking at his card and then he slashes his what an idiot he had him uh yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's uh, that it's like you take away the excitement of the thing because it's like I don't know how you avoid this because you're you're obviously building up for Lalo uh, to be an important guy, and this German guy's not going to be important, so he's just there to you know uh, to be tortured by Lalo now, I guess, and you know tell him everything about Gus Fring. Um, yeah, but yeah, I guess this this is I guess this is, this is like just something I don't like and ends up series is like you know it's not as open anymore it's like you know like a game of thrones at the end like i knew like you knew that like everybody who was important who was still around like near the end of the series was gonna like still be there and like the minor characters were gonna start getting killed off and it's like exactly like that here it sort of takes away the excitement right yeah i mean you know lalo is pretty invulnerable he's got to be preserved until probably gus can kill him yeah, and in which case, don't give us like the action scene that isn't really action. I think you should do something else because it, the point is suspense. And so it's like if you know if if, if you're not going to have you're you're unable to make that into a suspenseful thing, then like you know what's the point? Yeah, yeah. Unless, I mean, unless they, you know, I, I still love Lala as a character, but I think that maybe they're falling for this kind of syndrome where. They start loving their own characters a little too much, and so they make them like too perfect. Yeah, Lalo is so just kind the, of Lalo is it's kind of becoming like Mike. Lalo is becoming superhuman. Yeah, it's not as ridiculous as Mike. I mean, the thing it made sense. I thought it was brilliant the way he uh, killed all those guys in the house. Like he left the thing open. He knew they would go down there, and then he killed. Like I could that that is not beyond the realm of. Uh, of possibility, I guess. Um, you know, Lalo winning against uh, Casper. Yeah, that was a little bit absurd, but you know, I, I guess it's not. A, it's not up to Mike level. Here. Mike, Mike level is, um, you know, some of those Mike things, like like single handedly, like robbing the cartel guy, and then like deciding, like you know, like early in the sh- in the series, like he single handedly like robs the cartel like as often as he wants, does it without disappears without a trace, and like doesn't kill the guy and like leaves him to be found. Right? It's like it's like just a perfect, you know, everything is just perfect. Uh, yeah, and you know, thinking back to that 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 scene where the uh, the other the other bodyguard criminal is like, hey, why didn't you bring a gun? And Mike's like. I don't need a gun. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was ridiculous. You know, yes. I, I'm thinking they're like, it's, it's trying to show how savvy Mike is, but I'm thinking, Mike, for all you know, you really would need a gun. <laughs> like, you're going to be a bodyguard uh, with some shady guys probably doing some drug business. Yeah, you probably should bring a gun. You know, I, I yeah, know you're it's a worse than that. Yeah. Well, it's worse than that. So you, the guy, and then the guy points the gun at him. Do you remember this? And then Mike, like, single, like, disarms him with, like, one ar- one hand. And then, like, yeah. oh, I know, like, this guy, this guy. And, like, he says the kind of guns that he must have on him. Oh, he's got, like, an, you know, this and this. And then he, like, checks his waist or checks his, uh, uh, you know, his boot. And then, like, you know, finds it. And, like, so he's, like, got, he's got the psychic ability. He can, like, disarm guys pointing guns at his faces while knowing, like, exactly, because he's so streetwise, like, he 
knows exactly what kind of guns they're carrying and like where they're keeping them. Yeah, it was pretty ridiculous. And then the other guy runs off, and then Mike just gets the um, he gets the uh, you know, he tells him, I want the money for all three because you only need one guy, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, this is a little too, too in love with its favorite characters sometimes. Yeah, I'm a, yeah, and I was like, um, yeah, that's what I was saying like last uh, week. It's like this guy's poor. Like this guy, like you know, is desperate for a couple hundred bucks for a job in there. You know, he's this competent and this amazing, right? He, it's just it doesn't, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't add up. You're right. Lalo is, is that a, to a lesser extent, but my character is you know absurd. Also because of just how old and frail he looks. I mean, that's that's <laughs> what adds to it, right? Yeah. Well, uh, nothing they can do about that. He's supposed to look younger than he did in Breaking Bad. Yeah, well, you know, they didn't. Well, they didn't make much of an. You can do a lot with technology these days. Um, you know, the uh, like the. I don't know if you saw that. Did you see the Irishman? Uh, no, I don't think I saw that one. But the, well, that's you've what seen they at least the... Robert De Niro. Yeah, I mean, did you, yeah. So you saw. You suppose you should could have just seen like the trailer or something. Um, and he looks like, yeah, he looks, you know, he looks like 30 years younger. They could do stuff with makeup. I mean, they could have, I think they could have done a better job. Um, yeah, they probably should have, at least with Mike. Yeah, I mean, it's probably, you know, I don't, it's been so long since I've seen him in Breaking Bad that I don't remember well. So if I'm sure if I did go back and look, I would probably be struck uh, by how much older he is. Um, uh, Jimmy. I mean, that, that actor. He's at the point where every year, after two years to his appearance. <laughs> is that how it works? I thought like he's he's so old. It's, it's been, it's you know, old. it's like eighty versus. Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess it's it's, it's faster aging. Yeah, the uh, well, uh, Jimmy. So Jimmy, it's interesting when you go back to the Breaking Bad. I just watched like the first episode where he's in Breaking Bad. He, you could think he might look older because of all they do is the hair. They gave him a little bit of a receding hairline yeah. uh, in Breaking Bad. Where while in uh, yep. in better in um you know in Better Call Saul he's like his hair is like combed over he looks like he has more of a full head of hair, um, yeah and so that makes it but although his you know his face he's chubby I think he's chubbier too he seems chubbier in Better Call Saul so he's gained weight oh really I, I thought he'd lost a bit of weight for Better Call Saul no he did lose for but yeah he looked bigger in uh, Breaking Bad he looked fatter um, yeah. Which can make you look younger or make you look older, but it's you know it makes it harder to tell, right? It makes it harder to compare apples to apples, um, yeah. and so I don't think it's going to be too absurd with uh, with um, with Saul. With uh, Saul, um, the, yeah, Mike, I'd have to go back and uh, look. Um, yeah, and no, what other character? Oh, Gus. Gus gained a lot of weight for uh, Better Call Saul. I think he, I used he to remember him being much thinner. Right, he did. You know, he he definitely looks pretty bulky at at times. Yeah, yeah. He used to be a very real thin guy, and now his stomach is. I guess you can, um, you know, if people change their weight, people can go in either direction as they age. People can sometimes lose, get on a diet, and lose weight. Um, so I guess that maybe helps them a little bit, right? Uh, Tuco, yeah. I thought when I first saw Tuco, I thought he was a different person. I have to go back and see Tuco from uh, uh, from Breaking Bad. I thought it was a different guy. Hmm. It's not though, is it? It's a. No, it must be. Yeah, he looks. Yeah, I, I didn't recognize him from the first show. I'm, I'm sure they didn't change. I'm sure they kept him the same. The same dude. Uh, yeah. So. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, how old is? I mean, how old is Jimmy supposed to be in the show? 
Like at yeah, this I point, get, I get like the impression in his forties, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Bob Odenkirk in real life is fifty nine. Wow. Yep, and uh, Rhea Seahorn is 49. Oh, Rhea I thought she was 40. She's 49? Yep, 49. She, she oh, looks she... young for her age. <laughs> yeah, she does. Uh, she's 50. They says she's 50 now. She just turned 50. looks like May 12th. It was her, it was her birthday, I guess, five days ago. Wow, Rhea Seahorn is, is 50. Yeah, she's definitely not supposed to be 50 in the, in the show. Uh, it seems like she hasn't been outside of, out of law school for that long. Um. Yeah, that's interesting. Wow, she's an old she's an old lady. How about that? Maybe she's supposed to be around forty. Uh huh. Uh Yeah. Yeah. But definitely not. Definitely not fifty. Okay. So. So too old for kids. They're not going to have kids, I guess. Yeah, I think kids are off the table. <laughs> yeah, there are not a lot of people who have children. Howard doesn't seem to have ch- children. Uh, Chuck doesn't have children. Uh, Jimmy and uh, Jimmy and Kim don't have children. Uh, Walt has two. Hank has none. Uh, yeah, not a lot of not a lot of families. Uh, yeah, not a lot of kids in these in these uh, show. Uh, Kaylee, Kaylee, yeah, she, she has an outside. Yeah, she's she, like she is. Uh, she needs to be. Um, yeah, she needs to. Be, her importance needs to be. Yeah, exactly. Raised up because there are so few children uh, anywhere. Uh, she's. Um, yeah. What do you think about uh, Mike's? Like he's telling them he's in Chattanooga, and he's like, "Watch." And I thought it was so. I thought it was so sappy. Like, oh, he wants to. He wants to <laughs> watch her watching the stars. <laughs> Like and to to me, you know, the realism got broken a little because I, they were, my mom was like, "All right, time to go in," and I was like, "Dude, you've been watching the stars for like literally a minute." <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, it's like I, I, I like those shows, like those shows where where people show up, like they, they drive an hour, show up to the house for a, a two, one minute conversation, then they leave, and I'm like, "That's two hours round trip you drove for a one minute conversation." Just call. Yeah, right. That's funny. Yeah, the, the yeah the phone calls are always you know much shorter than they are in real life because you don't want to see like you know obviously that makes sense. But you're right. Yeah, they they come out, they look at the stars for two seconds, and then they um, and like, then they go. Like, and they, she, she just she, she saw two constellations. Uh, that's pretty strict. She 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 deserved to be out there for at least ten minutes more. Yeah, it is. That is really. Funny. But I guess the scene had to had to have a start and and ending with her seeing the stars. Yeah, that's 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 true. Uh, and so he's telling he wants to see her. He wants to see her, but he he can't see her because I guess he's so he's having them. Uh, he's having the the goons whatever protect uh, protect them. Right, that's what they're sending to him. And so the black guy is like, oh, you know, you can't go to what is it? What's the street called? Uh, Al- Alameda Street or something? Yeah, yeah. Alameda. And then she, yeah, and then he's like, no, you know, that my judgment is it stays there. And I don't know if they the Gus people even know. I don't know if they even know that that's like why uh, they're there. Um, I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I wonder. That... He, he'd have to justify it to Gus. Yeah, he'd, he'd have to justify the manpower expense to Gus, yeah. and I, I think it's pretty reasonable. I mean, the Salamanca twins literally threatened Kaylee yeah. uh, a few seasons ago, so it's not unreasonable to to think that they go, they try to get to Mike through uh, Kaylee and her mom. No, it makes it makes perfect sense. Uh, no, that does make sense. Uh, 
and he takes them off his own house, which the guy doesn't like, but I guess that shows he's sacrificing. He only cares about the, uh, the, the family. Um, yeah. How old is that girl in breaking? I mean, breaking bad. So like the girl must, the, the ages have to line up. Um, she never ages. She never ages. Is that, is that right? She's frozen in time at, at around like six years old. <laughs> Yeah, I have to go back and see. I don't know if they if they got that right. She didn't make a lot of appearances. Was she? She was. She, I thought she only made a few appearances in Breaking Bad, right? She wasn't on screen a lot. Um, no, there there were a few here and there. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to get all this. Yeah, it's hard to get all this. I, I've got to go back and and look at her. So yeah, she's she's doing like you said, double duty. She's very important. Um, she's she's there for every kid. Yeah, she's representing child childhood. So. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? So, of- and so we, we got to show her playing on the playground, looking at the stars, drinking lemonade, <laughs> swinging. Yeah. Every every activity any child might do, Kaylee yeah. might be shown. Do you do you find that? Do you find the um? Uh, don't you? I, do you find the dialogue between Mike and the granddaughter uh, like as as corny as I do? Is like, is like you know, it's it's like oh, it's a gaseous planet, huh? It's like Papa. It doesn't mean that. <laughs> that, that's a good impression of her. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's too. I don't know. Maybe it's, some kids it's a are bit like, too sappy. It's too sappy. Maybe you know, it's not that unrealistic. I guess little kids like do pl- lean into their cuteness. I guess, uh, but it's 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 always funny. It makes me cringe a little bit. <laughs> yeah, maybe you know, it's really good. You're right. Like with with kids, with with kids, you, you don't really have to put a lot of effort in using that. Yeah, you know, make a fart joke. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, the, but the, and the girl is always so sweet. She never, like, you know, does anything, like, that, uh, you know, that's, like, talking back or, like, you know, being, like, dismissive or, you know, it's, a, I don't know, maybe Vince Gilligan is not good at writing uh, dialogue for children. Look, this, this is where the series needs, needs to go. The next step after Better Call Saul ends, we go into the future, post-Breaking Bad. Now it's the story of how Kaylee breaks bad. Oh, that's because because <laughs> all, all that money that Pop Pop was saving up for her it was confiscated by the feds. Uh, college fund gone. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, you could imagine. You could imagine that would be the, that would be the third generation because her dad was a crooked cop and uh, Mike was a crooked cop, and they all they all are crooked people who end up poor and having to make more sacrifices, but but have hearts of gold, right? Uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah. I wonder. I wonder if they'll do. I wonder actually. Sometimes I wonder if they do. Will do a spinoff. Like I, I want it to be. I sort of. I'm. I'm sort of becoming intrigued with Howard. I don't know. I like. I like the character. I'm hoping that it leads to that. It probably won't. I mean, he's never. He's, you know, it's like. Um, I feel like you know a lot of people don't like the uh, Better Call Saul. They think it's slower than Breaking Bad. I can imagine going Howard, and it would be like even slow compared to Better Call Saul. But it would be like very subtle, like you know the scene that we got today from Howard's personal life, right? Like I think like that could be a neat show. Although I don't think it would be very popular. I think it would be you know sort of cool for smart guys like us to watch. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that they're probably. I suspect that they're probably just going to end the universe after this show. Yeah, I think they're they're all too they're all too old. I mean, everyone. Yeah, Jimmy's too old. Kim is too old. Uh, yeah, Howard is not important enough. But you know, if they did, and, you know, they, Nacho could have been a candidate. You can only but, do spinoffs of spinoffs so, so long. Yeah, you know, yeah. it gets less popular each time. I bet. 
Yeah, yeah. Nacho could have would have, would have been the most natural candidate for that, but you know, we we saw what happened to him. Uh, so yeah, there's not there's not really anyone to uh, continue the um, the series. Okay, so yeah. Um, so speaking of Kim, the um, the thing at the beginning with her and her mom like being uh, criminals. What do you think of that? Uh, I, I think I knew pretty early on that that the mom was in on it. Uh, that, that was it, pretty it took obvious. me a little while. It took me a little while. You're faster than me. Yeah, well, uh, go ahead. Uh, so I, I wonder what we're supposed to make of it because Kim didn't actually seem to be enjoying it at any stage. Yeah, as a kid. Yeah, exactly. You know, th- there was no glee in her at, at any point in that uh, escapade. Yeah. So I wonder, I wonder why they showed that to us. Okay, so here's one interpretation. Like, I think I hate this Freudian nonsense because I don't believe it's like actually true, but I think maybe writers sometimes do do believe in it, so they they do try to put it in there. Uh, so maybe like the story is that um, uh, her mom, like, okay, so she's influenced by her mom. She learns that like to love this person who's always getting her to do bad moral things and to commit crimes and stuff, and that's not her nature. But she's like, you know, that's that's like the person's approval who she you know who she cares about. Um, and then like, so she grows up and she tries to go straight and then like runs into Jimmy and then Jimmy becomes her mother, I guess. Something like that. (laughs) Maybe, maybe. Yeah. So it's showing, showing her, she got roped into these schemes from a young age, uh, through her mom. She didn't particularly like it, uh, at least at that point, but maybe she grew to like it when she was young at some point. Yeah, she either grew to well, she go well, she regresses back to being like a good rule follower, right? So when we first meet her, she's not that bad. Um, she's got a law degree, but like, you know, I think they want us to think there's a psychological attraction to Jimmy because of her background. I think that's what they want us to I think that's what they want us to think. So a Freudian thing, except except with a man standing in place yes, of a woman. Exactly, yeah. We're switching out to the normal. It's, it's the mother, yeah. The, so instead of yeah, instead of trying to get, you know, we don't know who her father is, but instead of trying to like she find her father, mother figure, who she yeah. has a a reverse Oedipal attraction to, <laughs> something like that. Like that, maybe she's a single mom, so it's like she's the mother and the father or something. Uh, and, so, and so she's got. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't believe this. I'm, I, you know, I, I don't believe in this stuff. It's. I think it's you know, a, a, a pseudoscience nonsense. But I think. I mean, what else? What else would the uh, so the story be here? Like, what, what, what's yeah, this I don't know. We'll just have to see it develop because they'll probably show us more flashbacks of young Ken going forward. I don't, I don't know if they will. I mean, they're but they've been few and far between. I think this is only the second one we've seen, right? Yeah. The first one was her mom neglecting her. She like doesn't get picked up from. Yeah, I think you know I you know so it's definitely I think it's definitely not like a um, you know there's a genetic determinist sort of way to look at this. Like Kim is just like her and her, her and her mom are just like both rotten, and like Jimmy She's is rotten. Her mom. Maybe that's what what the moral is here. She's becoming her mom. She's becoming her mom. She didn't start out as her mom, but I guess like. You know, all kids, I guess, don't start out as criminal. Oh, maybe they do. Like, I know, I think a lot of girl, a lot of kids at that age, maybe you probably would uh, enjoy. You know, would have would have gone along with it happily. So, I think we're supposed to think she started out with a good nature. I think that's because that's why she's not enjoying it from the beginning. Like, I don't, th- I don't think it would be that unusual for a kid to enjoy, you know, stealing and scamming people, right? Yeah. 
It wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, unless you think it, unless you think it would, and like, unless you have like a, a optimistic view of human nature, where it's like, you know, every kid is good and they have to be, or just yeah, you know, either that. I don't think that's the better. I don't think that's the Vince Gilligan world where all kids are good. I think it's just Kim is good, and then she she becomes bad but then there has to it's not it's not like i don't think it could be a coincidence that you know she also ends up with like jimmy who's like also you know this manipulative scammer you're like you know what are the odds yeah yeah i mean yeah. maybe she's just been kind of inculcated in, into that she she doesn't she at least doesn't view jimmy as is that abnormal because uh her mom basically normalized <laughs> that behavior yeah yeah, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe it's a simple story where it's just it's sort of it's normalized. Yeah, I mean that's it's they have you know there there's there is like you know there is I don't know if this is something I imagine or if it's something. Uh, by the way, if anyone wants to talk, uh, just you know uh, indicate and we'll we'll let you uh, we'll let you speak or ask questions or whatever. Um, yeah, it's. Um, what was it? What was I? What was I saying? I was talking about Kim's mom, uh, Kim and her mom. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I do. So I don't know if this is something that I imagine, like I imagine, like this relationship. But like being pro criminal, like as like a liberal do gooder lawyer, and like being like an actual criminal, are sometimes related. I, I you know, I think. I don't know. You hear about these like people. Maybe this is just like uh, selection bias of stories I read. But you do often hear about uh, these left wing organizations or individuals being very uh, corrupt or being criminals themselves. Um, and some, you know, some kind of leftist like protesting is like sort of quasi criminal in and of itself. Like you know, the sort of the the uh, line between activist and criminal, and like some of the stuff, like you know, like the uh, like the George Floyd protests and stuff. You know, there were lawyers. Uh, who themselves were, you know, arrested for like throwing things at cop cars and stuff. Um, so I wonder if this is like this is this is Kim and Jimmy's. Like it's like they have like like and so this is like to, this could, a way to tie in Kim's do gooder gooderism. Like she like cares about these um, uh, criminals at the same time with the fact that she is herself like a more sophisticated criminal. I mean, we see something a bit like that uh, with the way that Kim breaks the rules. Uh, to help that guy Acker uh, keep his home and, and not get kicked out of it, uh, she she seems to follow the same pattern of behavior that Jimmy does, where it's all about protecting the little guy from the big guy, and then it's okay to break the rules to do that. Yeah, I think so. But Jimmy is not. Jimmy just incidentally helps the little guy. He doesn't help the. He doesn't go out of his way to help the little guy. Oh no, no. I I think that in Jimmy's mind. In Jimmy's mind, it all is about helping. Uh, yeah, I guess you have, I guess you have the elder law thing. I don't know. He seems to stumble upon each of these. The elder law thing, and then like he can't be an elder law uh, law anymore. I can't do that anymore. So he's, uh, you know, he's um, uh, he just sort of falls back on the. He doesn't have a need. He doesn't seem to have a need to believe he's doing something good. Like he'll take it. Um, you know, he'll take it if you know he gets it. But uh, you know, he's he's not. This is not like something that really matters. Uh, you know, I, I think that Jimmy doesn't have doesn't really have much of a concept of right and wrong. And, and some people are like this. Instead of thinking about right or wrong, all they recognize is a spectrum of powerful and weak. And so in Jimmy's life, in his moral compass, powerful and weak has has, has replaced right and wrong. You want to be powerful. And 
Jimmy protects the weak from the powerful, and, and he considers that the right thing to do, kind of by definition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, by the way, there's one thing I'll, I'll take the I'll take the call after we talk about this. But there's one thing I wanted to mention. So we talked about like the wokeness and uh, like or the lack thereof in the Breaking Bad universe. You remember so that case where Kim, uh, that um, that uh, scene where Kim was in court, and I thought they were going to do a racial profiling thing. Do you know what I'm talking about? She had a black defendant, and yeah, she was. Yeah, you thought they. I, I know what you mean. It was exactly, it looked like it was perfectly set up for that. She was going to go for that. Like, oh, there's three, you know, three times he's enforced this. Why did he decide to stop my client? Oh, because he had arrested him like five. So it was very personalized. It wasn't because of any of the traits that the guy had. And I thought that yeah. that was, I thought that was odd. I thought, you know, even if it wasn't trying to do a woke thing, if you were trying to mock, you know, wokeness or say lawyers use it in a way or whatever, like you'd think that the, you know, the lawyer might hint at that, but she takes you there, but she, you know, she makes it like, no, it's not about race at all. Like, isn't that strange? Yeah, it it was interesting. Uh, I had kind of expected her to suggest that, that there was racial profiling going on, uh, but she didn't go for that. It, it was it was a, a personal angle instead. Uh, so I, I do think that the show, I mean, is it, it, not woke. That that much we know. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right, but what, what, like, what are they, what are they doing there? What are they doing there with that? It's like it's not. It's more than not being woke. It's like you, you it's think that they even, were they were kind of playing with us, trying to make us think it was going to be about racial. I, I don't profile. know. So it, yeah, it wasn't woke, and it wasn't anti-woke. It was like mm-hmm. rubbing our nose and like their wokeness doesn't exist in their universe. <laughs> it was like, it was like, this is the thing. Well, that in, the in the mid two thousands, yeah. You know, Maybe, maybe in uh, in the Breaking Bad universe in the modern day, maybe Gene is out there marching in the BLM protests. Maybe who? Gene uh, Saul. Uh, maybe oh, maybe Gene is marching in the BLM protests. Yeah, I, I, I doubt that. But I'm just yeah, saying, it's the mid two thousands. No, he's he's keeping a low profile. Right? He's he's doing he's far from that. He's well, far maybe, from maybe yeah, I wonder what he, I wonder what he thinks about BLM. That's actually a good question because it's like a pro criminal move, but it's not it's not Jimmy's kind of thing. Um, you know, uh, that's an interesting question. I wonder if he maybe he comes makes a comeback as a lawyer. Uh, <laughs> anyways, okay. Uh, thank you for um, all right, Carson. Thank you for your patience. Uh, do you have a question or comment? You're muted. Um, Richard, you have a big. Hey, well, what happened there? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I was, Start I was hoping I didn't knock him off. He just, he, he, uh, he left. So I, uh, yeah, I, I was as eager to hear the end of that sentence as everyone else. Okay. Uh, so yeah. Any other, uh, anything else? Um, anything else you want to, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to ban Wait, for this guy from the chat. I just banned. I'm going to ban him. Uh, he just tried to come back. I think he lost the connection. Uh, okay. Did you oh, he was trying to, he was trying to, he was trying to troll us. Anyways. Uh, so, okay. So um, if anyone, um, if anyone has anything else to say, or do you have any, like any, any other comments or thoughts about uh, the, this this week's episode, or what we're going to see in coming weeks. Well, th- this guy Carson is back. Uh, 
Maybe no, but Carson's a Carson is a prick. I, I just told you that Carson was a prick. So we we don't need we don't need him. He was trying he was trying to troll us. Oh, what was he trying to do? How do you know? <laughs> because he said, Richard, you have a dude. Just just trust me on this. Just just okay. forget it. All right. Oh uh, no, uh, that that was about it. This was you know this is a setup episode. So we'll see we'll we'll see fireworks hopefully next week. Uh yeah okay. I guess uh, this is going to be our new time from now on. Sounds good. All right, Chris. All right, everyone. Thanks for, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. All right. Bye.